Hallelujah. Amen. So we started a, a, a teaching on uh, Romans chapter number 4. We read from verse 18. Hallelujah. We said, let me read Romans chapter number 4. Can you put it on the PowerPoint quickly or on the screen? Romans chapter number 4 from verse 18. Who contrary to hope in hope? Okay, let's, let's start from the beginning so that people that were not here may catch us in context. I will tell you now where to start. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Okay. I want us to start from... Uh, Let's start from verse 13, actually, so that we can do the whole reading. Verse 13. Are you here with me today? Yes. Stay with us. For the promise that he will be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law, there is no transgression. And therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, according to grace so that the promise may be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it's written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God who, gave, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became a father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in his faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that he who had promised is also able to perform. Hallelujah. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. We stop there. So we're talking about Abraham, the faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. Remember, we are still talking about how to work in 2023 uh, in order to make this year successful. We are still on the second month of a year. So I brought in a witness. I'm bringing witnesses. So the one that stood on the stand last Sunday was Abraham, testifying to us that through his life, God glorified himself. But he told us why. Abraham had a promise. And I'm just recapping so for those who are not here. Abraham had a promise. But the promise that Abraham had was a promise that was against the natural. Because Abraham was about 100 years old. And yet God planned to give a child to Abraham. Remember when he was 99 years old? That's where the promise was confirmed, confirmed and they say next year, Sarah will have a child. Hallelujah. 
So by that time, Sarah was 89. Amen. Imagine I come to an 89 years old woman and I say, you will have a child next year. That does not make sense, does it? God spoke and God says, you will have a child. And Bible says, when they heard the promise, first of all, they believed God. Hallelujah. So we talk about the principle of believing God against contrary evidences. You know, God does not promise you things that are natural to understand. He promises you things that are beyond understanding. I like what somebody says. It says, when it makes sense in your mind, when it's evil, it's the devil. When it does not make sense, it's God. Hallelujah. Because God does things that don't make sense to us. Hallelujah. Some of you, even the fact that you are sitting here does not make sense to yourself. Hallelujah. If it has to make sense, you wouldn't be here. So God steps in the life of somebody, and what God does does not make sense. And because it does not make sense, we understand it's God. Hallelujah. We understand it's God. So today we're carrying on, and I'm taking you to a place of, we're going to read the verse 20. We're going to focus today on verse 20. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 20 of that book of Romans. Let's read it together. One, two, three. It did not waver at the... No, read, read. I want to hear your voice. That's why I lower my voice. (laughs) Hallelujah. One, two, three. Let's read. Hallelujah. And being fully... Hallelujah. So today we're talking about holding on to the promise. Hallelujah. Somebody say to your neighbor, holding on to the promise. Holding on to the promise. Many of you in this room have promises from the Lord. Hallelujah. But haven't you noticed that the promises from God seem far-fetched? It's like it's almost impossible. If you look at yourself and look at what God says, it does not make sense. Hallelujah. When God speaks to you, he's not speaking according to your level. He's speaking according to what he has planned. Not according to what you are capable of. That's why it does not make sense. Because you look at your abilities. And you look at what God says. 
And when you compare your abilities to what God says, there's a gap. And then you say, no, that one, I believe it. I leave it to to the Lord. If it happens, it happens. Does not happen, it does not happen. But I'm just leaving it to the Lord. Hallelujah. So Abraham was 99 years old when God confirmed to him that the next year he will have a child. And the Bible says, he did not stagger through unbelief. Hallelujah. The word staggering means to, to, to move to one side and to the other while walking. So a drunk man staggers. You see the step he's making, is like he's falling into a hole. He's just going here, going there. And, 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 and even when he talks, his tongue betrays him. He, he does not control his own tongue. He's staggering. Hallelujah. So he said he does not stagger for unbelief. Can I put it plain for you? It means he's not double-minded. Yeah. He's not double-minded. He's single-minded. Because he knows that he who has promised is faithful. Now the problem with us is the double-mindedness that we have. Double-mindedness brings us to a place where we say something, but we don't believe it. We are convincing ourselves that we believe. We are saying to ourselves, I believe. But the proof that you don't believe is that when there is opposition, you talk another language. Yes. Then you start to question, I don't know if I heard right. It's a sign that you yourself, you don't believe what you are saying. When you are convinced and persuaded of what you are saying, you take steps according to what you say. When you are not convinced, you wait. Hallelujah. Okay, this morning when we get up from your bed, did you make sure that your feet will hold you? Huh? When you sit up from your bed, you say, okay, I wonder if today my feet will... Did, did, did you do that? When you wake up, you assume... That because you feel well, your legs are well. You don't even think about it. How many people think in the morning that is my leg going to hold me today? How many people think that? When you think that, it means you are sick. A man that is well does not think of those things. Hallelujah. Why? Because there is a conviction that is beyond his own mind. There is a conviction that is in the subconscious. It's not reasoning. It's a knowing. Hallelujah. You know it. It's like they ask your name. You don't think, oh, what is my name again? When you do that, we will bring you to another place here in Bloomfontein. (laughs) I don't want to say the name, but we will help you there. So the moment you start to question some stuff, it means you don't know them. When you, <laughs> when you are not sure of your answer, you don't know it. You ask people, are you born again? Yes. What does it mean? I'm not sure, but I'm born again. You say, you are not. 
My friend, you are lost because if you are born again, you will know what it means to be born again. You cannot be born again and don't know what it means. So if you are sitting here, you don't know what it means to be born again, you are a candidate for salvation. Now, don't say, oh, I've been in church for long. No, a car in the garage does not become a garage. It's not because the car is parked in the garage that is a garage. Or it's not because you are in a, in a, in a bottle store that you are drunk. Or you can sleep in your garage, you will not become a car. Your presence in a place does not make you. It's your decisions that make you. And unless you understand, you cannot make a decision. That's why you need lawyers. When you go to the court, they assume that you don't know how to defend yourself. So they put somebody next to you to articulate what you want to say in order for you not to mess up. That's why they will tell you when they arrest you, they say, now whatever you say may stand against you. Then you say, I need my lawyer. Why? You have a mouth, but you say you need a lawyer. Because the lawyer knows even better than you. So because he knows, he can bring out what he knows. But when you can't bring it out, you don't know and you don't believe it. Hallelujah. Anyone that cannot say correctly what God told him is not able to believe it. Hallelujah. So, so you need, we come to a place of, of the Bible says, it did not stagger. I'm talking about staggering now. It's, you are not double-minded. You see, this year you need to be single-minded. A double-minded person, the Bible said, he shouldn't think he will receive anything from God. For he's unstable in all his ways. James chapter number one. You are unstable in all your ways and you cannot receive something from God. Meaning, today you are joyful because you think you have received. Tomorrow something comes, you say, oh Lord, pray again. Some people come. They come in the prayer line. Oh, I give a word of knowledge. There is somebody you are healed. Then in the prayer line, the person comes. He said, I'm the one that you talked about. I said, why are you here? I came for the prayer. I said, no, you were healed. People want to see something in order to believe. That's why, that's why, in the African culture, let me go there a bit. In the African culture, we are used to experience things. That's why we have to fashion God for ourselves. Because if we don't see something, we don't believe it. Hallelujah. But in the Western culture, they believe their mind. So if they can't reason it out, they can't believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why in the culture where we come from, we can believe easily in ancestors. We don't see them, we believe. We've been raised to believe. Ah. According to the tradition. Hallelujah. Some people can't believe if they can't reason it. Both are wrong. There's no better culture. The true culture is the culture of a kingdom. And if you don't have the culture of a kingdom, your culture is nothing. Can I get an amen? amen? So, so you see, we come to a place where 
the biggest trouble of Christianity today is unbelief. It's unbelief. What is unbelief? I want to define for you. Unbelief, they say unbelief does not just mean a passive unbelief, but a refusal to believe. So unbelief is a refusal to believe and actual unwillingness, willingness to be persuaded. So when the Bible talks about unbelief, that, that is it. It means that, that you are set in your ways. Now, some of you say, then I don't have unbelief. You do. You do. You do. Because unbelief is not a function of the mind. It's a function of the spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Unbelief is a function of the spirit. And, and I told you, the, 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 the main reason for unbelief is experiences. Bad experiences. Many people today can't believe anymore because they have bad experiences. I went to a church and they say there they don't believe that they are prophets. Why? Because a prophet came and messed up the whole place. So from that experience, they were resolute that there's no prophet. Hallelujah. So when things are that way, you need to understand that your cure will not come from the natural your cure will come from the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. That's why the Bible says, test me. If there is any way in me that is not of you, remove it. You need to ask God to test your own heart so that you may know your own heart because it's easy that you talk, but when we come to the push, it's difficult. They, 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 they told me the experience of somebody that had a wheelbarrow and uh, there was two, two, there was a great a great uh, dip, and, and he put a cable from the other peak to the other one. Then he said to the people, I am going to take, to walk on this cable from this end to the other, but now the, the pit is very, you don't even see the bottom. People say, no, it's not possible. So he walked. When he reached the other side, they said, we believe you. It's possible. He came back. He said, now I'm going to take my wheelbarrow. And I'm going to go. They said, no, now you are pushing it. Then he went. They said, whoa, you are, no, it's a, you are so good. He came back. He said, now I'm going to put my dog in. They said, wow, you can't. He did it. They said, listen, we believe you from now on. He said, do you believe? He said, yes. He said, okay, climb in. He said, no, I'm not climbing the river. <laughs> you see, he was, he was believing while it was not personal. You know, it's easy to believe when it's not personal. Yes, 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 yes. You go to somebody, no, you must stand up and walk. But when it's you, no, you can't do that. It's easy to talk when it's not touching you. The reason is there is unbelief. You cannot faith for somebody else. But your own case, you are full of unbelief. Why? Because it's not personal. So it's easy to say, Abraham, Sarah was 89 years old. We can sing it until you are menopause. <laughs> and then when you are on menopause, you are not talking about your child anymore. You're talking about adoption. There's nothing wrong with adoption. I'm just for the sake of what I'm saying. Now, then because you don't think that God, my God, 
that God can activate a womb. You are now looking at your womb and not knowing that what God says is beyond the womb ability. And I said to the woman, if it's a menopause, then it's good because it's not menopause. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You are not on menopause. You are on menopause. Everything that is paused can be played again. You don't, you don't check what I'm saying. I'm watching a movie and I'm about to walk to do something. I pause it. So when I pause it and I come back, I can press the play button and it starts exactly where I pause. was not on menopause, she was on menostop. <laughs> because she have gone twice through menopause. But when God decided, my God, <laughs> the Bible said Abraham believed because he believed that God has power to call the things that don't exist as if they so God does not need your womb. He needs himself. Because he can create a womb out of nothing. So he's not bound to your circumstances. Listen, God is not bound by your age. He's not bound by your color. He's not bound by the way you grew up. He's not bound, people say, my background. Which background? Which background? What are you talking about? Who told you? No, I grew up in a broken family. That's why you are born again. Because you were born in a broken family. And God knew that that broken family would destroy you. So he made you born again. But now you are born again into a new family. You are planted. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Now you belong to God. So stop talking about your brokenness of your family. Because in our family, there is no brokenness. Yeah. I'm in the family of Christ. Yeah. I'm in the family of Christ. So, I, I, my God, I refuse to be affected by the nonsense of the family roots. I hope somebody hears me. I hope somebody hears me. I hope somebody hears me. You know, my, in my earthly family, which I was, from, but now no more. They suffer from sugar diabetes. So, two years ago, I started to feel symptoms. Then I was, I couldn't drive myself, so I asked Leon to drive me. We got there, they put the staff on me, and then they asked me, is anybody in your family having, when they say the name, I say no. I said, no. They say, you are lying. No. I said, no. Because I belong, the Bible says, I am born into a new family. So I was talking about the realities of the spirit. So I said to the lady, no. She said, wow. 
but I can see some stuff. I said, what do you see? She said, no, you must be careful with your sugar. I said, thank you for that. She said, please avoid to drink many Cokes. And I stop it for two weeks. And after two weeks, I forgot. Because I was not from the earthly family. So I could not, I could not confine myself into an earthly family. People today, I'm telling you, stop staggering between the two families. We are talking languages that don't, are not relevant. We South African, that's why you suffer. I am from Zion. I'm from Zion. And the Bible said, in Zion, no one will say I am sick. So because, because I am from Zion, I escaped the corruption of this world already. So, so when you guys are struggling with President Sri Ramaphosa, no, I'm struggling with the ancient of days. You connect to President Sri Ramaphosa, you will have a load shedding. Ah. Today, you need to connect to the ancient of days. Yeah. Say, I am born of God. I born. Say, I am born of God. Born. Say, in my family, in my family. It, was it was said that we are all blessed. Are all blessed. Hallelujah! Yeah. Yes. Yes. Every time they write family history, I say non-applicable. Not applicable. I put N A. Not applicable. Not applicable. Do you smoke? Not applicable. Do your family be not applicable? Have you ever had COVID? Not applicable. Uh, not applicable. But 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 the thing with COVID is that that I was positive, and when the doctor told me I'm positive, I said I would have been surprised was otherwise. They say why? Because I'm always positive in my life. I've never negative. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you test me, you will see positive. You can't see negative. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, so I'm a man on a, on a mission. Yes. So, he said, don't stagger for unbelief. Now, how to hold on to a promise? How to hold on to a promise? And then will be the last point. Say, how to hold on to a promise? I want us to read in the book of Exodus 32, from 9 to 14. So do you catch me? Yes. From now on, stop your nonsense. I'm white, I'm black, I'm yellow, I'm pink. I'm... Stop that one. Yes, when they ask you to say, I'm a child of God. That's it. If you define me by a color, me, I'm a child of God. Because a color will pull you back. Can we change the way we talk? I'm a child of God. Nationality, child of God. <laughs> From Zion. Zion City. Hallelujah. For the sake of the world, I fill in where I come from naturally. But when I talk, I don't talk that language. 
I'll say to the embassy, I'm from Ivory Coast, that all. But they think I'm from Ivory Coast. And I deceive them. Because I'm... <laughs> because I'm not from... <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read. Exodus 32, 9 to 14. 32, 32. Exodus 32, 9 to 14. It said, and the Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people. And indeed, it's a stiff-necked people. Let's go. Now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them. And I will make of you a great nation. That's a good deal. Keep it there. That's a very good deal. God didn't say, I will destroy you. He said, I will destroy them. But you, I will lift you up. And look at Moses. Look at Moses, what he said. Let's go on. Then Moses pleaded with the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why do you, your wrath burn hot against your people? Let's go. Whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountain, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your, from your fierce wrath and relent from me this harm to your people. Remember? Read with me now. One, two, three. Remember? Isaac and Israel, your servant to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and all this that I have spoken of give to your descendants. Let's go. And they shall inherit it forever. Now the last sentence. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. My God. When I read that, when I read that, I was blessed. This man was not selfish. God said, I will promote you and fire your people. He said, Lord, you cannot promote me if you fire them. The heart of a shepherd. Hallelujah. The heart of a shepherd. Moses did not, have to have his, did not want to have his own destiny, destiny apart from the destiny of Israel. And that's what we call church. That's what we call church. Church is not people coming to seek their breakthroughs. Church is people coming to seek a corporate breakthrough. So Moses... Pleaded with God. Look at the man, my God. Look at the man talking to God. He is reminding God that you said it. And if you don't do it, it's your name. For your own reputation. Don't kill them. If you kill them, this is what the Egyptians are going to say. And God said, wow. As if God didn't think of that side of the story. No, come on. As if God never thought of that. And Moses has to tell him. And God does not say, you know what, I know everything. What are you telling me? No, he's a humble God. Ah, 
So he's able to recognize the wisdom of somebody else, although himself knew it, but he had to tell Moses, this is wisdom coming from your mouth. No, it means that when you are in a place like this and you despise other people, you don't understand the sense of Christianity. You don't. So, so, so Moses pleaded with God. But look at how he, he said to God. He said, remember. Remember who? He didn't say, remember David. No. No. Because these are later covenants that are based on the covenants. So he didn't say, oh, remember who? Noah. He said, remember who? The pillars. Remember the pillars. Remember that you gave a promise to those fathers. Hallelujah. By the time he was talking, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were with God. So when he mentioned them, I'm sure they look at God. So, <laughs> you told us we are witness. So, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Listen, when God makes you a promise, it's not only to you, it's also to the people in heaven. Yes. The promise that God makes you are standing before him in heaven. The Bible says his throne is based on righteousness. So God cannot make a promise and not do it. So how do you hold on to a promise? Is to remind God of what he said. You don't hold on to a promise by crying. Lord, please do it, do it, do it. No. You remind him of his word and you tell him the consequences that will happen if he does not do it. Not just to you, but to the people that you have spoken to. Lord, how do you want them to get saved if you cannot do what you told me? So you go and make your case. Holding on to a promise is a kind of a court case where you go before God and you set your case before him. You say, come and reason with me. That's what he meant. So you go before God and you remind him of what he said. And you show him the impact that that will have if that word does not come to pass. So, so when, we are, when we are exposed to God, don't go as somebody that knows nothing. Go with your fact. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. We go with fact. If you don't go with fact, heaven does not recognize you. And the fact I'm talking about, I've been spoken and been written. Hallelujah. They've spoken and been written. Father, you spoke to me, but I confirm it with scripture. And the Bible says the scripture is settled. And you cannot but, oh my Lord, you have. Hallelujah. That's how you hold on to a promise. Holding on to a promise does not mean I'm holding. People say, I'm holding. What are you holding on? You have to hold on to something. And if there's nothing to hold on, calm down. Please leave it. Just go. So, so when God has spoken, it stands. Have you read the scripture that says that? He said, 
as water, like water will come down from heaven and water the ground and cause the ground to, the seed to go. He says, so shall be with my word. He said, my word will not return void unto me. So the word of the Lord cannot return void. Why? Because that word contains the element that will make it come to pass. But you need to say back the word to him. The reason why I gave that scripture, if you understand the cycle of rain, you must understand that rain is not just a function of cloud. Rain is a function of everything that evaporates and creates cloud. So if there is no heat, if there is no heat, there cannot be evaporation. And if there is not evaporation, there cannot be rain. He says, so my word shall be like the rain. So what God is saying to you is that when heat, when tough time comes in your life, that's where you need to evaporate. It means that when the tough time comes, you need to open your mouth and... Because when you speak, you are creating a cycle. Ah. The Bible says when the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. So if the clouds are not saturated with rain, they cannot empty themselves. So the word that you speak creates a charge into the heavenlies. Because your word will create an atmosphere of rain upon you. And as you continue to say it and continue to say to the Lord, there will come a time where it will rain. Let me tell you something. The reason why you are going through problems is a heat. And that heat has one mission, to cause you to evaporate by speaking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You hold on to the promise this way. You don't shut your mouth. Christianity is a speaking life. Yeah. It's not a quiet life. If you are quiet, you will die quiet. And no one will know you are dead. Hallelujah. Amen. Some people speak a lot. And when you don't see them, you say, where is that guy? So heaven sometimes have to ask, where is the guy that always brings us promises here? I'm praying for you today that you may know how to hold on to the promise. And, and, and when you hold on to the promise, don't look at the situation. And you must have one man, you must be persuaded. It means you must be convinced beyond measure. In a way that even if they tell you the opposite, you feel annoyed. You know, there are some wise people that come and say, brother, you know what? I know what you are saying, but you know, as if you was there when the Lord told you. You were not there. Now you come with the counsel of something you don't know. Then some people listen to that and amend their ways. And they end up in another town. Brother or sister... You know, you, you know, we must be wise. If the promise is not consistent to God's character, we can advise you. There are some promises that you think you heard. It's not consistent. There was a young lady that came to me one day and said, God said she must marry somebody. And I told her it's not God. She said, why? <laughs> why? God told me. I said, I will prove to you it's not God. She said, yeah, prove to me. I say you were in love with a guy before God spoke to you. Say yes. I say no, your emotions spoke to you. Yeah. <laughs> God didn't speak to you. Hallelujah. Amen. And today, by God's grace, they are not married. 
she would have made a mess of the life of that guy because God never spoke. But there are things that God speaks to you. Then you don't need anyone to interfere in your circle. When I stand up and say, we're going to do two services, I don't need any elder. doesn't matter your gray hair. I don't listen to you. You know why? Because God gave me the commission. He didn't. He bypassed you and he gave me the commission. Yes. 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 Yes, you can't advise. There are some stuff in my life you can't advise me. Forget. There's no advice in that one. Because it's between me and the, when I stand before God, I can so say, this one advised me. I, I don't want to become Adam. I, <laughs> I say, Eve said. No, Eve. Where Eve? <laughs> the Adamic nature, I refuse. They are, they are things that God has given to you. It's like, it's like a, a covenant between the two of you. And he does not do it with people. He does it only with you. Hallelujah. And when that is established, you don't need counsel. When it's not established, you need counsel. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. But don't get me wrong. There are many things you need advice in. But I'm talking about specific things like Abraham. God said you're going to have a child. If a neighbor comes and says, Abraham, you know what? I have Baruch, my, my, my nephew. <laughs> and uh, maybe I adopt Baruch. <laughs> and Abraham would have said, no. Actually, they tricked him to bring Ishmael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ishmael. Ishmael came. <laughs> Ishmael came by the treachery of advice. Because yeah. the, the wife says, no, take my maid. Because it was also lawful that you have intimacy with your maid and the child will become the child of your wife. So Abraham said, Oh, la, la. So Abraham. <laughs> so, so Abraham went. <laughs> Ooh, Abraham went and, and got into the bed with, uh, with Ega. Then Ishmael jumped up. And then Sarah realized I made a mistake here. Ishmael is not supposed to come. <laughs> and, and, and then. And God, God, then God said to Abraham, I will bless Ishmael, but he will be a trouble. His hand will be on the neck of his brothers. He will be a terrorist. Follow what I'm saying. He said, he said, he, said, he will be a terrorist because he will jump at his brothers all the time. And you know what? That word is so true. And then Isaac came. Isaac came by the waiting on the promise. So if you wait on the promise, doesn't matter the time, your Isaac will come and God's promise will be fulfilled in your life. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Say to your neighbor, it's a matter of time. Sometimes you need to wait and 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 wait until you think you have waited. Then you must wait and wait and wait and wait. Until you feel this is too much, then you must wait and wait and wait and wait. Then you feel, Lord, I'm done. Then you must wait and wait and wait and wait. But when Isaac comes, my God, then you are like the Bible says, those who sow in tears shall reap in laughter. So you come with your, oh my God. You come with your promise. 
And those who had Isaac early on, you, uh, you, uh, Israel early on, you come with Isaac. And God say, Isaac, I have chosen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, Amen. Isaac will come. Isaac will come. Say, doesn't matter the time. Isaac will. Isaac will. Isaac will. Isaac will. Hey, don't check on the deadness of your womb. The womb is a place of reproduction. The womb is a place of life. Don't check at the fact that your reproduction system is being tempered with. Wait on the Lord, because when the time he will rearrange that reproduction system and you will bring forth your Isaac. Wait on the Lord. Samuel said, for how long? Until. What can I do to shorten the weight? Nothing. Why? Because if you grab something immature, you will regret and to mess up all your waiting period. My father told me one time thing. He said, they put somebody in jail and they will say, they will, say will spend 100 days in jail. 99 days he committed suicide. They say, they say he was too tired. It was only one day left. Say one day. So, so your waiting time is about over. But you are looking at from when you started to wait. But you don't take it daily. If you take it daily, you will forget about how long you've been waiting. And you will know that God is the day of God of today. Yesterday is past. Today is a new day. And I'm waiting and knowing that he who has promised is faithful. I want you to put verse 20 and then we finish with that. Hallelujah. Put it up. He said, then, no, no. Where are you? We'll go back to Romans chapter number four. You are still in Exodus. We have finished Exodus. We are now in Romans. We left Egypt already. <laughs> we, are now, we are now in the new covenant. They say he did not revert at the promise of God for unbelief, but he grew, he, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So one of the keys is to give glory to God, to glorify God in everything, giving glory to God. And then they said, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, it was counted to him as righteousness. What he has promised is able. Somebody say, God is able. God is able. I want to give you a revelation. God is not just able, he's willing. Yeah. He's not just able, he's willing. And the reason why I'm preaching this message is because I perceive in my spirit some of the people, your waiting time is about up. Yeah. And you've been waiting for long, and God said, now is the time. Look unto heaven, the author and finisher of your faith. 
for he has spoken and his word is decreed. The Bible says where the word of a king is, there is power. So I'm coming as a, as a prophet of God and telling you people, the Lord said, your time of waiting is about over. And you come into a place of fulfillment. And what God will going to do in your life, you will look back and say, look at what the Lord has done. And then you will be able to testify to the people and tell them, don't go weary, don't be in despair. I was there. I was there in the waiting room. But there was a time and a season. You know, when you go to the doctor, he says you come there at 10. When you come there, he's with somebody else. Because they call you for a time. Hallelujah. There is a time period in which they call you. But in that time, in that time, when we say 10, sometimes you enter at 10.30. Because it cannot just the first client say, no, might, no, the doctor will finish before it takes you. If they say they will do surgery on you at 8, at 8, and he was on the theater at 6 and he hasn't finished, they will not take you. He will finish until they take you. So some of you, you have been in the waiting time and you were frustrated because God told you a certain time. And when you sat there, God is not moving. God is busy with somebody. I'm telling you, you are in the time, but your season has come. So that God, so, so that God will call you in and he starts to work, work on you and you will see what the Lord has done. I'm here to tell you that you were in the waiting room, but the physician is coming out to call you. Actually, the physician does not call you out. The PA calls you. So I'm the PA. So, <laughs> so I came from the theater, and I see the physician, I finished with the first case, and I'm here to tell you, now it's your turn. Hey! Hallelujah, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. But you need to be courageous and strong. Unbelief. And you shall see. Can we give a big hand to our Lord? <laughs> hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Ha- so this is my time. No, you don't say it well. I want you to say it with your heart, not your mind. Say, this is my time. This is my time. This is my season. And my turn has come. My turn has come. This is my time of testimony. Hallelujah!